0: What's going on, everyone? It's Taylor Cowles here for CLNS Media. And I am honored to be joined by one of my favorite follows on YouTube and Twitter, Coach Williams. He is also the host of the Real Coach Williams YouTube channel. Got to check it out. He has awesome perspective on defensive backs, schemes. I've learned a ton. And uh, now without further ado, Coach, thank you so much for coming on.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, man. It's been, uh, been a long time coming. I'm excited that uh, you reached out and gave me the opportunity to just talk ball
0: with you. I had to, man. Now, speaking of talking balls, so obviously Jack Jones is in the news. We didn't have to talk about the legal stuff. We're not legal experts. We're not lawyers, none of that. So we'll keep it strictly to X's and O's. What do you think? Because I know you were big on Jack Jones last year when he got drafted. I learned a lot from watching your videos on his game. So what are his strengths? What does he bring to the Patriots? And in the event that he's not on the team come training camp or whatnot, how do you think the Patriots go about replacing him?
1: Yeah, so Jack Jones, he was one of the funnest watches I did in the pre-draft process last Mm -hmm. year. And when you watch him, one of the the things that's like really interesting about him is when you look at college corners, right? They're not very polished, right? They're usually Mm -hmm. playing in a scheme where they're asked to do very specific things on a play-by-play basis. And when I watched Jack Jones, that was definitely not the case with him like you would see a snap, you would see three consecutive snaps of man-to-man coverage. You'd watch the other corner and he would have the same alignment on a consistent basis. And Jack Jones, he would use a plethora of techniques. So you'd see him impress man-to-man coverage. Then you'd see him using scooch technique. You would see him using catch technique. You would see him backpedaling. Like he has an array of techniques that he can use. And in college, it was really impressive to see that the coaching te- staff trusted him to be able to just do whatever he wanted on a consistent basis on plays. Mm -hmm. And so that polish coming in, it, it was, it was really impressive to me. So I was pretty high on him coming out. Obviously we knew that there were some legal issues and some struggles that were going on with him in the past, but the hope was that he would be able to get over them. And when he did get his opportunities last year, he was impressive. Like in the green Bay game, now, in the run game, we talked about that a little bit in the video that I made. Right. He's not very good. They ended up doing that jet sweep, and you know yeah. Christian Watson got out on the outside on him. But in coverage, he had a really good game. He had the pick six. He had the, uh, the little peanut punch where he got the fumble recovery and everything. Mm-hmm. So he was pretty impressive there. And then in the Detroit game, he took that game over. Like yeah, he was, yeah. he was one of the big reasons why that they won that game. That and was like his best st- man
0: coverage game, I think. He was sticky.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you got an opportunity to see again, like the the plethora of techniques that he was able to use. And the thing that's really important about using those techniques is they translate to zone coverage too. Because mm-hmm. if you're playing off and you're playing cover two and you're using catch technique, you can do that in man too, right? Right. So what right. the interception that he ended up having. I believe it was, like a, it was like a a post wheel or it was like a seam wheel or something. And so he yeah. was carrying the post and he knew that he could pass it off to McCourty. And then he comes off and helps to buy on the wheel and ends up picking off the pass. And that's because his technique and his ability to mix up his looks is really impressive for a young player. So, you know, a lot of things going on with him, but I'm pulling for him. I hope that, you know, he ends up having a career. Um, if it's with the Patriots, that would be awesome. But if not, I think if he can get on the field, he's going to be able to show people what he can do.
0: And if he isn't someone who is going to have his career with the Patriots, how do they go about replacing him? You know, they got the other two Joneses. uh, They drafted a couple late round guys with a lot of athleticism. Uh, What do you, so obviously Christian Gonzalez, we'll get to him later. But how do you see the Patriots adjusting to life potentially without Jack Jones? I think with uh, the corner group, I think it's very different from the safety group.
1: So the safety group is a bunch of guys that all really have the same skill set, right? Like they can do a lot of the same things. And I think the corner group uniquely is very different. I think it's a lot of guys that do different things. Mm -hmm. So I think that um, if he's not there anymore, they have two guys in Marcus Jones and Jonathan Jones that both are slot corners, but they also can play the outside corner role too. And they do it a little bit differently. Like I would say Marcus Jones is a pretty physical guy. The only reason why you want to put him in the slot is just because of his height. We saw what ended up happening when he had to go up against T. Higgins. Yeah. So, you know, we saw him in coverage against Alec Pierce, right? Big mm-hmm. physical receiver, six foot three. And he was winning jump balls against him on the stock blocks when that dude was trying to block him. He was squeezing him down. And one of the things about Alec Pierce is he started out as a linebacker at Cincinnati. So if Marcus Jones is physical enough to hang with him, He can hang not on a consistent basis on the outside against NFL receivers, but if you have a certain week where you think that he might be the better guy to put outside and you put Jonathan Jones in the slot, you can do that. So they have a little bit of versatility that they can use in that area with those two players. Now, the guy that I think is the wild card and that I'm really interested to get an opportunity to watch is Isaiah Bolden. So I didn't get any chances to see any of his All-22 or anything like that. You know, I get access to a lot of film, but Jackson mm-hmm. State is just one that I just It's don't way have. off
0: the radar, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I haven't had any opportunities to see him, but Coach Prime, however you may feel about the guy, greatest DB in the history of the sport, right? That guy trusted him outside of Travis Hunter more than any DB on the team. Mm-hmm. So he lined up in a number of different areas. He was playing outside corner. He was playing slot corner. He was playing underneath safety. He was playing deep safety. He was playing split safety. He was all over the field. So I'm excited to get an opportunity to finally study that guy once they get into the preseason, watch some film of him. And, you know, big dude,
0: very athletic. I think that he might be able to be a guy that can add some depth for them. No, I really like that answer. Cause so I was saying when Bolden got picked that size, speed, height comparison, like it's just ridiculous. On top of the fact he led Jackson state, like you said, he was all over the place. He led the defense in total snaps played. So he's got the experience and all as a late round guy, of course, we're really sure. Like, is he just a special teamer? I thought he could get some reps on the defense. And then we saw at OTAs in mini camp. He was somebody who was getting some of those like second team reps opposite Sean Wade as an outside corner. That'll be very interesting, but he wasn't the only corner the Patriots drafted, actually drafted another pretty good corner projected to start day one, who I know you also liked. So tell me about Christian Gonzalez, what you see from his game and what you think his floor and ceiling could be in the Patriots system in year one. Yeah. So Christian Gonzalez
1: throughout the entire pre-draft process, that was my number one corner. I know some people say that, but I got some clips of them saying that they like Devin Witherspoon more. But receipts. <laughs> yeah, I got those receipts, man. Christian Gonzalez to me was the best corner in the draft. And it's, it's incredible to me that he he slipped to where he did. So, you know, big guy, six foot two, 200 pounds, runs a four, three, eight, and is just silky smooth. And one of the things that I noticed on tape with him was his speed turn is just next level. Like it's as good as anyone in the league right now. So the speed turn is the move that you use when you either guess wrong on a route or you get hit with a double move, so like a post corner. So mm-hmm. if I'm opening up this way and then I have to come back this way, I don't want to open my hips back because, you know, like they say in science, like an object in motion, you want to keep it in motion, right? You don't want to have right. to stop and start. You want to flip your head back around and get back mm-hmm. on top of the route. And his ability to do that, there were so many times where I watched on tape him do that speed turn i had to stop it and slow it down because i'm like
0: did this dude just teleport like (laughs) it's (laughs) he doesn't lose any speed it's crazy and he keeps tracking the guy i'm sorry this is i'm interviewing you but you know i also love him please keep going please keep going yeah the speed (laughs) turn is just awesome
1: and you know, people were complaining about his physicality, and I think it really was like you know that that contrast bias that people get when you watch Witherspoon and you see him just like totally body somebody and blow someone up on a on like five or six plays in a, over a course of a game. And then Gonzalez, it's like he hits somebody and maybe it happens like once or twice in a game. But I didn't have any questions about his physicality, especially mm-hmm. in coverage, like his press man-to-man coverage reps. You gotta watch that game against Stanford, against Michael Wilson. He was awesome in that game. And that dude is a big physical receiver, too. Yeah. He's doing all kinds of press techniques. He's giving him the one-hand stab, he's jamming him with two hands, and the guy is struggling to get off the line of scrimmage. So I think that, you know, his physicality and the way that he plays is definitely going to translate to the NFL. I think for year one, people, you know, trying to say that he's gonna be Steph Gilmore and just line up against the best receiver every week. I don't think that's going to happen early on. Right. I I don't know if they Belichick would trust him week one to say, we're going to just put you on AJ Brown and we're going to leave you by yourself. Cause like, if it doesn't go well, you don't want to crush the guy's confidence. He's a 20 year old guy He's at that Colorado program uh, before he went to Oregon, where there were all kinds of issues going on and he had to go over to Oregon. That was a more stable program. So I think they want to ease him in. But I do think that he has the ability to be a guy that they can match up on bigger receivers with. And that was something that they struggled to do last year. And that frees up the other guys, like I said before, they don't all, they don't all have uh, you know similar skill sets. It frees them up to do what's best for them, right? They know that they have a guy that they can put out there on big, big physical receivers, whether it be man coverage or zone coverage. They can keep him to that side and then move on from there. So I think year one, he's going to be pretty good. I think they're going to ease him in. And then we'll see where he ends up at the end of the year. I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up being the defensive rookie of the
0: year. I like that. That's a pretty bold prediction that I am <laughs> very okay with hearing. And as as you said, like the best Patriots defenses have been those matchups where it's like a basketball team and you see against the Mahomes is Aaron Rodgers of the world. When push comes to shove, they say, okay, let's go man to man whoever matches up best physically with the opposing receivers. And that's how you get the job done, as opposed to what it was last year, where you had all these small guys and you kind of had to compensate with a lot of off coverage, a lot of zone, probably more than Belichick really wants to play and what we've seen from him historically. Baseball is in full swing and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, just go to FanDuel.com slash Boston to join today. So don't miss your chance to snag a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash Boston to sign up. FanDuel is the official partner of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball, trademarked used with permission. Now, speaking of those kind of schematic changes, Devin McCourty great player obviously his loss is big in terms of leadership communication but even McCourty himself said that he thinks without him in the secondary there's a chance this group could be even better especially with Marte Mapu who as you know I am in love with as a prospect so what do you think a McCourty with secondary is going to look like and how do you think they either adjust or maybe even advance their scheme now that you know he's not there but they've still got so many versatile bodies and the addition of again a Marte Mapu who can do a lot of different things
1: yeah, I think that uh, like I said before, the safety group is very similar. I think a lot mm-hmm. of those guys have a similar skill set. They're really athletic dudes, um, and that they they can do a lot of different things. They're very versatile players. You can, you know, play a nickel defense and put those guys in at linebacker and they can still stop the run. They can cover guys man to man. They're really good, uh, you know, hook and curl defenders, ball hawks, right? They attack the football, and obviously the leader of that group. Is Kyle Duggar? I think, I think that the yeah exactly. I think that the 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 trouble that they will have though in the back end is that communication piece, right? That mm-hmm. leadership. And you know, McCordy had been there forever, right? He's a dinosaur right. back there. He's seen everything. So uh, I think that that's going to be the the struggle for them is who's going to have that voice, right? Who's going to be the alpha? Who's going to take over and be the leader back there? But I do think that their versatility and their ability to spin the dial and you don't know which safety
0: is going where is really going to mess with quarterbacks heads for sure. And I know there's been some speculation saying that maybe they'll play more too high because they don't have the prototypical free safety. And I want to hear from your perspective as, you know, defensive back mastermind what goes into playing that free safety role? Do you think they're going to have to adjust their scheme to compensate for not having McCourty? Or do you think that there are already guys on the roster who could pretty much slide in and it's not going to be a huge difference maker? You know, including the fact that Marte Mapu, as we were seeing in OTAs and minicamp, spent a good amount of time in that free safety spot. So, you know, do you think he's the answer? Do you think they could really just put anybody back there? Like, what does it take to survive and thrive in that role? So the big thing for that safety role is
1: to not just be back there covering grass, right? Mm -hmm. It's the ability to read the quarterback's eyes, have instincts, know what the route combinations are going to be, and then also just trust it, right? Mm -hmm. You don't want to be back there panicking. You don't want to be back there, you know, sitting back and being hesitant. You want to be able to have the instincts and be back there and able to make plays on the football. And that's one of the reasons why I would be interested a little bit to see maybe marcus jones play back there a little bit or jonathan jones play back there a little bit just because one marcus jones if he gets his hands on the football it's gonna be <laughs> bring out your popcorn right oh, yeah. so oh, yeah. that's one of the things that i really love about that deep safety role is somebody that has that ability to take that football and bring it back like an ed reed style player and i think marcus jones has that ability and then jonathan jones he has the knowledge the intelligence all of the things that go into understanding the Patriots playbook because he's the guy that's been there the longest. So I'd be interested for them to be able to play back there as well. Obviously with Jack Jones, if we don't know if he's going to be around that creates a challenge for that. But Mm -hmm. I think that those two mixing them in there as well,
0: you could have a little dynamite back there. That's pretty interesting. Now, there's also another addition to the safety room outside of potentially Marte Mapu, but he's not new to the Patriots. Jalen Mills obviously had the position switch. We'll see how that goes again with Jack Jones' situation. They might have a needed outside corner. We have no idea. But assuming that Jalen Mills is going to be a safety full time, how do you think they actually scheme him up? Do you think they put him in the slot? Do they have him as a drop safety? Is he going to potentially be a center fielder? Like, where do you think he slates in? Yeah, I think he's going to move around a lot, too. He's a bigger body as well, so he has
1: the ability to cover tight ends, right? So you don't have to put as much pressure on Duggar to have to cover those guys. You right. can give him the ability to cover tight ends as well. Then again, like you said, in a pitch, if they need him to play corner or if there's a week where it makes more sense, maybe you want to put Marcus Jones or Jonathan Jones in the safety rotation a little bit. You can trust him to be on the outside as well. So I think he just adds even more versatility. And he's going into year three with the Patriots. So he understands the playbook. He understands the scheme. And I think that
0: he's going to be a chess piece that they'll be able to move around a lot too. How do you, and I'm not sure how much of his Philly tape you've seen, but do you see him as more like strictly a cover guy? Or do you think he could be a blitzer too? Like, do you feel confident that he could be a physical presence in run defense? Because again, you don't typically think of corners as guys who slide into the box and are difference makers in terms of physicality, but he's not really a, a typical corner. He's got a bigger body and obviously was a pretty versatile piece for Philly. So how do you feel about him in those areas? Oh yeah, definitely.
1: His physicality is one of the things that's most impressive about him. So mm-hmm. I definitely can see him playing in those roles, right? As an overhang defender, you know, being able to help out and stop the run and things like that. I think that if you want to send him off the edge, right, he's got four, four speed as well. Right. So uh, I think that's that that's true. something that they they could do there. I really think with this safety group, they are really going to be able to spin the dial, man. Like they got a lot of dudes that are just so versatile. They're physical, they're fast, right? I think that
0: I think Jalen Mills is going to be able to do a lot of damage in that safety spot. I also like to hear. So we hear spin the dial all the time, like all the players were saying it. um, It's kind of one of those buzzwords. And, you know, I feel like it's pretty straightforward in terms of like you're going to change things up. But as a defensive back coach, what does that mean to you? And how do you see like what is what are necessarily the advantage more than just necessarily confusion? Like, how does it work on more of a schematic level and what makes it so hard to defend when defenses spin the dial?
1: Yeah. So it's your ability really to, um, you know, have the players essentially be X's on a chalkboard rather than playing a specific position. So you could have someone lined up as an overhang defender, right? In the slot. Mm -hmm. And it looks like it's single high. They can bail to a two high shell and you can play cover two behind it. Right. So it's going from middle field open to middle field close. And the quarterback is looking at that pre-snap to know, you know, where he wants to throw the ball, what's going to happen with his progressions and stuff like that. So having that ability to be able to either start high and drop down or start closer to the line of scrimmage and drop out and then rotate the entire defense is really impressive. We'll talk a little bit more about that when we uh, talk about Marte Mapu. (laughs) Okay, 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 good. That was a
0: perfect segue because I was going to say, I've been teasing Marte Mapu for quite a bit in this show. So now – I'm going to give you the floor Marte Mapu just how versatile can he be how does he make the secondary better other than just being a guy who can line up in different places like what does he physically do as more than as you said he's not just next on a chalkboard he's someone with he's got a similar skill set but it's kind of different because he's so big someone who they listen as a linebacker who you wouldn't necessarily expect to see deep in the post so give me your Marte Mapu thoughts coach what you got so yeah, Marte Mapu, man, oh, watching that tape, it was
1: an experience, okay? Mm-hmm. So a scouting term that we use when we watch players is knockback power, right? Yeah. So it's it's very simple. You know, sometimes in football, we try to make things a little bit more complicated than they need to be. Knockback power is when you hit people, do they go backwards? <laughs> and <laughs> when, when Marte Mapu hits people, they go backwards. Whether it's somebody, you know, on an angle tackle, he's making a tackle, Or if it's, you know, some type of like ISO situation, he's in a box lining up on a fullback, like running through that guy, knocking him back old school, Oklahoma drill, making a tackle in the backfield. If it's an offensive lineman that's buddy blocking in zone uh, outside zone or inside zone, and then trying to get to the next level on him, he'll come downhill and hit a guard in the face. Like he just, he knocks people back. (laughs) Like he is a very physical dude. Like when you watch a tape, You look at the body, he does look kind of like a receiver, like he looks like really long, but like he hits like a linebacker. So when I watched the tape, I thought he was going to play a little bit more linebacker. But hearing from you guys watching him at minicamp and things like that, looks like he's been playing all over the place. And I think he is really a guy that can spin the dial. So one thing that when I watched his tape, um, and I didn't say this in my breakdown, so you're going to get a little exclusive here on your channel. Um, one thing that I, I noticed when I watch his tape, I would like to see him, and I don't think I've heard anybody say this, play almost similarly in zone coverage to how Tyron Matthew was used with the Chiefs. You know how they ran that um, cover two scheme where it was like, it was cover two, but you didn't know who the hell was lining up where and who was going to yeah. be in which spot, yeah. and uh, you know, Tyron Matthew typically would be that that pole runner that whole match defender in the middle of the defense and cover two and I think he could really excel in that role because it's going to give him the ability to just read the field read the quarterback's eyes and kind of almost be free a little bit and that dude can make plays on the football so I would love to see him in that role moving around
0: the defense confusing quarterbacks and just making plays man. I love that you say that because when I was watching him, when you see like his ball hawking ability really stand out was when he was doing that in college, when he was that deep hole defender, he's either dropping down because it's an invert or he's going backwards, just reading the quarterback and attacking the ball. Because that reminded me a lot of Kyle Duggar. He's usually the guy for the Pats where it's like him and Bentley is the linebackers, but he's in the middle because he's trying to carry somebody in the middle of the field and has that great range. I think it was against the Dolphins. He had an interception and a pass breakup. Uh, late in the year, both when he was that middle hole defender. And like you said, he, he's he got that kind of skill set, like Jalen Mills has it as well. But these guys can finally free up Duggar to maybe be, and we talked about this, where I think he's going to be more like a Will Fork or like a Hightower, where, you know, he's got the experience and the skill set now where it's okay, where do we think the ball is going to go on this play? Let's just put him there. And you free him up to do different things. And Mapu can be that guy where you put him at linebacker, maybe put Duggar at safety. Even what they did with Peppers at times last year having is that cloud corner. So he could just jack guys up when yes. they're trying to get downfield off the line of scrimmage. So I love that you said that. Um, I'm going to wrap it up, coach. I don't want to take up too much of your time because you know <laughs> I could talk to you all day. So much appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you so much. Is there anything that you would like to plug? Now is your time. Yeah, so thanks. I really appreciate you having me on the channel. Um, If you want to watch more of
1: my content, you can go to The Real Coach Williams on YouTube. I do uh, breakdowns, a lot of Patriots breakdowns, but I do other teams as well because it's important to understand how other schemes work because one, you might end up getting some guys in free agency at some point. And two, on a week-to-week basis, you'll have a better understanding of what each
0: team is going to bring to the table. Dropping knowledge, That was awesome, Coach. Thank you so much.